Good day, beautiful, marvelous, free spirit, free person, free individual on planet Earth. What a privilege and honor to be with you again today. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing fantastic. And I am sending you my energy, love, well wishes, prayers, good vibes, your way, wishing you, your family, your friends, all of the best wherever you are in this world. We've got another tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have Mark Emery on and we are talking about solutions with the National Action Task Force. Uh, Last week, you might know that we have launched, myself and friend, uh, Beth Martins, the Choose Freedom Law Summit. You can sign up for free. Uh, You can go to mattbelair.com. You're going to get the link for it over there or in the email or on my Instagram or on my Telegram. You can find those links all over the place um, to sign up for this law summit because that is the remedy. And what I didn't expect in studying the law is how spiritual it actually is. It really comes down to freedom and having your rights given to you by a creator, which then then um, gives you purpose and meaning. Your life has purpose. You were created. You have meaning. You matter. And um, how this whole tyranny system works is through deception, fear, making you think that you're small, that you're not enough, that you're alone, and you are incredibly powerful. So this is a fantastic episode. We talk about Mark's background in business, why he got interested in law, the Lighthouse Law Club, what the National Action Task Force is, uh, the goal of restoring lawful government. Uh, We talk about the court of public opinion, why these uh, evil people do not like light and they do not like confrontation. Um, We talk about the judicial system, uh, a system for handling police, the hierarchy of authority, how and why to reclaim who we actually are. Um, You know, why you can drive without a license, public versus private, the three jurisdictions on the planet, and um, and a lot more in understanding law and how this is going. So this is a very functional, very practical episode on what we can do to stand in our rights because what I realized um, in their system, if you do not say and and invoke and stand in your rights, they will presume you are a slave. And um, so when you go into court, if you don't say, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on all my rights, that's not the proper way to put it, but uh, I am keeping all my rights and I waive none. Or they'll just assume that you're, you're, you're their slave in their system. So that's actually what's going on here. And they're going to keep, um, taking away your rights unless we stop as a group uh, of of people. And so the beautiful thing is we walk ourselves out first. We learn how to swim. We learn how to, you know, to handle ourselves and then we can help our friends and family. And so many people are looking into this. And like I said, the surprising thing is uh, it is a, uh, I waive none of my rights. That's that's what it is. I waive none of my rights. And, uh, you know, shoot, I'm going to have to look that up. I forget what it is. But yeah, it's a very spiritual um, experience. It's a very spiritual endeavor, something I did not expect at all. And so uh, you're going to enjoy this episode. And if you do, please share it with your friends. Uh, Do what you can to get the word out there because censorship is bonkers. We're overcoming that through people like you. So please leave a review. That helps share it as far as you and as wide as you can. Go to mattbelair.com. Go to Libsyn. Go to Odyssey. Go to Rockfin. Go where all the platforms are. Go to my social media on Telegram so you can find all these links because, uh, yeah, we're just scattering them out. The truth is coming out even though they're trying to doing everything they can to prevent it they're you know going to cut off the telegram uh, or not telegram uh, patreon so if you're on patreon go to mattbailer.com and please become a member it's how you're going to get 
uh, uncensored episodes, uh, bonus episodes. You can do so by donation or even for free. You'll get that link on my website as well. Just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. Happy to um, give you that if you need it. And if you can contribute, that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, you know, we're going to keep trucking along and, and do what we can to make a difference and get the truth out there and empower the people. And the law is one incredible solution for doing that. The best way to support the show as always is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. And for those of you guys who are really wanting to connect with spirit, to grow your spirit, to know and live your life purpose, to live a legacy, to know how to navigate these times in truth and honesty and integrity, um, and you want to make a difference in this world, um, consider going through the Soul Compass course that's within the academy. Uh, You can also go through the Quantum Heart Hypnosis. It is by far the most powerful and effective process I have ever come across for helping people know who they truly are so they can connect very deeply with their life purpose. And it's also a a set of meditations you can use to manifest and and to um, do any kind of brain training with is by far the most effective process I've ever come across. You can use it for uh, increasing uh, your courage, like states of being, uh, confidence, whatever, whatever you need it for, you can use this by engaging in the power of heart, not mind, but heart. It totally flips the game. So check that out. And if you want to go one step further and you're looking for community and coaching uh, tools around mindset, peak performance, knowing how to architect this path in a supportive community, hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Would love to work with you one-on-one or within a group of people who are really going to cheer on your success, who are going to help you thrive, who are going to pick you up when you're down because this process is incredibly challenging if you are going to move through and you're going to actually engage in your life purpose and making a difference. It's going to take a lot of your heart, your energy your will and it can be challenging and having supportive community and and powerful tools and powerful processes to keep you going is absolutely invaluable and so if you're interested in that go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching would love to learn more about you and how i might be able to support you and your journey and your gift to humanity so that's it let's get into this amazing episode by coming into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, courage, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Mark Emery. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming intense censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, go over to mattbelair.com, become a member by donation or for free. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a business leader, human rights activist, financial consultant, philanthropist, and author. Welcome to the show, Mark Emery. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Mark, it's, I'm, I'm so glad we got connected to do this show. I was going through your bio. Each one of those are really in-depth. You have really an absolutely extraordinary background. You're working on some very critical stuff right now. So for the audience that's just familiar with your work, do you want to give a little brief background on you know, your work and your history and how you got to, to uh, what you're doing today? Yeah, well, my, my background by education and training and experience is international business. So I, I, I do an awful lot in the international financial arena. 
And uh, there came a point in time in the early 90s when I, I came across a group that was exposing the truth about our friendly tax collectors at the IRS. And once I uncovered the, the, the fraud and the deception that was going on in that arena, I asked myself, well, what else could be going on the, uh, using such deception in the law? And so that, that really triggered uh, a response from me. I really became curious and interested in what, what's going on in the legal realm. And so I started studying the law, which, you know, sounds about as dry as, you know, uh, eating saltine crackers <laughs> while you're reading a dentist manual, you know. But no, it's actually fascinating because once, once you understand how they use the words of art, and change definitions. There are so many escape routes within the law when people think they're trapped that it actually becomes kind of a fascinating puzzle. You know, uh, you know how people get get really kind of obsessed by some of these uh, puzzles, like Rubik's cube or, or different ones. You know, jigsaw puzzles. Uh, the law became my puzzle, and I, I needed to put the pieces together, and so. That started uh, a law club. I put together a, a law club. I, I began to realize that many people that I knew were being oppressed by the courts. The laws were being used against them to strip them of their assets, their liberty, this type of thing. And so, so I created a law club, which was a group of people to get together and start studying these issues and rather than me being one person studying one issue, we soon had a group of five and then 10 and then 15 and then 20. Uh, each one maybe delving off into a different area. We'd meet on a weekly basis. These different people would be doing research during the week, come back with our weekly meeting and uh, have a report and share that information with others. And so it really became quite, uh, quite a fascinating activity. And we were making some uh, serious headway in helping people free themselves from the clutches of statutory code. All right, so uh, that was back in the 90s. All right, so fast forward uh, 30 years and uh, I've taken that concept, which, um, I started the Lighthouse Law Club several years ago as kind of the second rendition of the American Law Club we had back in the 90s. And uh, the Lighthouse Law Club has now evolved into the National Action Task Force. You know, I'm a very practical guy and I like to put the rubber to the road and get involved in things that will actually make a difference for somebody that you can actually do something with, you know, to improve your life. Uh, we've got so many watchmen these days, you know, um, trying to inform people of what's going on. Uh, and that's great. And that's a very important role because we need to shed our ignorance. We need to know what's going on. Um, but the question is, then what? All right, now what do we do? Now that we know what's going on, how do we solve this? How do we get out of the clutches of tyranny? How do we restore our freedom, uh, our prosperity? All right. And so that's that's really my objective is to find practical solutions. And so the National Action Task Force was born 
just this year. And NATF is uh, a decentralized national network right now in the US, but we're getting interest from other countries, uh, UK, Canada, uh, Australia, all right? And we can, we can apply the same model, right? But we're a decentralized network of, for lack of a better term, let's just say investigators. We're investigators researching how people in our local area, local city council, county commissioners, governors, state agencies are violating their oaths of office. And we're putting these people on notice. All right, so they have no plausible denial of, you know, oh, well, I didn't know. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, okay? And so that's one aspect of it, but our primary focus is to restore lawful government. If, if we could get our government just to follow the law, we would all be free. There's freedom in the law, and it's there. So the biggest rogue criminals that we have to be concerned with are not the guys on the street who are wanting to break into your house. You know, it's the guys in the state capitol or the national capitol who are wanting to strip you of your rights and everything you own. And that's, that's no exaggeration. Anybody who's been in court will, will reiterate that in spades. All right, so, so that's the basis of what we're trying to do, restore lawful government and uh, uh, educate people so that they know what their rights are, what the remedies may be, or are at least supposed to be. And we know that in many, if not most, if not all cases, government operatives ignore the law. So people say, well, Mark, why do you bother, you know, doing this? Why do you bother uh, getting involved in court actions? Well, truth will prevail. And we are setting the record. We're, we're identifying who are the good actors who will honor their oaths of office. And conversely, we're also identifying those who will not, who are rogue criminals acting against the interests of the people they are sworn to serve. And so we believe at some point in time, don't know when, that there will be an accounting and the record that we are preserving uh, will bring those who need to be uh, accountable. So that's kind of the basis of, of where we are, where we're headed, and what the uh, NATF, National Action Task Force, is all about. And so we're trying to set up um, uh, chapters in every local uh, town throughout America, Canada, UK, Australia, wherever we can get traction from people. These local chapters will be investigators uh, try, working to enforce the law in their own local area, all right? So um, in one fell swoop, we're trying to, to create political action, all right? We need political action, people showing up at the city council meetings. We need legal action uh, when necessary. 
to, uh, to help defend people against oppressive tyranny uh, being wielded by the courts. And, um, uh, and we need education. So people know where to draw the line. They know what their rights are. They know how to stand up and defend their rights. And that's the biggest problem we have. Uh, government officials are so used to doing whatever they want to do and get away with it that, that they just run roughshod over people because they don't ever get anyone standing up and pushing back. All right, they get no resistance. People just roll over. Oh, you're from the government. I guess I need to listen to you, whatever you have to say. And they've gone beyond the scope of their authority. They're now acting outside the scope of authority and imposing their personal will on people and people don't even know the difference. So this education will help people draw that line in the sand to say, no, these are my rights. I'm standing on them and you shall not trespass. If you do trespass, there are consequences. So um, you're getting me riled up now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, you know, that, that, that sounds really incredible. I think before we are, we started here, you're saying one of the, the main problems is just ignorance, right? So many people, they, they're not aware of their rights. They're not aware of how to enforce their rights or stand on their rights. And, you know, we do have these government criminals just doing whatever they want and no one's uh, holding them accountable. And I saw a video down in California with uh, Lee Dundas, you know, when they wanted to circumvent and um, the parents and say, we can vaccinate your kids without your consent. Well, she went down there and she was super pissed off and, you know, she knew what she was doing, but she was able to get them to roll that back. And she was able to get them to roll something else that they want to do in, um, you know, in the universities as well. And it just showed that they're going to go as far as we let them, right? They're so used to just taking everything they want. It's parasitical in nature. And so the reason why they can do this is because we forgot our individual rights and how to enforce them. And we became so timid and we didn't really, it's like we've been asleep at the wheel, right? And this is almost an, an awakening. And so I'd love for you to speak on, um, you know, some of the tools and methods, because it seems like you're educating people in the law, which is very important to know their rights, to stand on their rights, to have that education. And the more of us, even small communities and small groups, we can do a lot. I think that some people waking up to the world, it's like this rough awakening to how the world is actually working. They feel defeated. You know, I've felt that way sometimes too, like, oh, this is too dark. This is too big. You know, the higher up you go, the more corrupt it gets. You know, what is, how do we find a remedy here? You know, do you, do you feel like having this knowledge on the ground will be able to tilt the scales back towards uh, freedom and sovereignty and um, honest law? Because it does seem like the law is meant to protect the rights of man and it's just to limit the powers of the government, but it's been reversed and they're kind of usurping the power and, you know, telling us what we can and can't do when we get our inalienable rights from the creator and God. Yeah. Well, as far as remedy goes, uh, one important point to recognize is that so many groups, let's just call them patriot groups, people that want to live and preserve the law uh, as it is, constitutional law, uh, universal law, call it what you will. Uh, these are inalienable rights that we've been given. And there are so many different splinter groups out there doing different things that it's been very easy for the opposition to just ignore them because they really have no impact or effect. 
And so the idea of National Action Task Force is to come together under one identifiable banner so that when you get pulled over and the uh, a police officer sees your bumper sticker that you're a member of the National Action Task Force, he will immediately be put on alert that this is not a person to be messed with because they have backing. You know, they're a national organization. They have funding, they have professionals. These, this is a group that has clout, all right? And so the idea is to take all of these, these individual splinter groups and they need to keep doing what they're doing. We don't want them to change anything. We're not looking to take over any groups or, or uh, usurp uh, their authority in what they're doing, but we need to come together under one identifiable banner. I mean, uh, think about the possibilities if, um, if you're in a position let's say a business owner. And again, you've got, uh, you've got a member sticker. Uh, you see how these insurance companies have the, the member stickers in the window, you know, the business. I'm a member of the National Federation of Independent Businesses or things like that, you know. You belong to a, a larger group that has some clout. And so the NATF is, is uh, already building a, a national organization on a professional level that we intend to be well-funded, um, so think of yourself in a local chapter that you've got a national organization behind you. They're well-funded. They've got a professional videography team that can put together uh, stories shining a light on the corruption that's going on in your local area. See, the cockroaches don't like light, all right? And so we fully intend to use the court of public opinion as much as the courts of law, okay? So the court of public opinion can exert much more pressure in some instances than the, the courts of law where these criminals operate in obscurity, all right? So uh, think of being a, a part of an organization that can bring light to the corruption. Think of a, an organization that's well-funded and can bring attention to a particular grievous case and back up an individual, okay? Uh, most individuals that get attacked for one reason or another, for political reasons, financial reasons. Uh, I mean, think of the long list of victimless crimes that people are sitting in jail for right now. Uh, uh, people are, on an individual basis, are very easy to pick off. And we don't have the resources to fight properly. All right, so think about being in a position where you've got, uh, you're being attacked for some reason and you've got a national organization to back you up. You now have the legal minds and the legal wherewithal to back you up. You've got the funding to, to back you up. You've got the, the, the ability to, to fight back and to bring truth to the fore, okay? That's something that people have not had. So in all of these, these smaller groups, they're easy to pick off because they have no financial backing. They have no legal team to back them up. And they're, they're easy to pick off. You know, they haul you into court and you basically just roll over. Typically, people will just plead guilty to try and get out with the least penalty possible. You know, um, so, so that's how we're trying to shift the scales a little bit uh, in favor of, of truth and law and uh, what 
a national organization can do on a local basis to help support people. That That's amazing. Well, you know, it's awesome because you're kind of using your international business skills to create something uh, really powerful. And I just had uh, um, Timothy Madden on. He's a forensic economist. We're doing a, a law summit, myself and a friend, and trying to educate people because I'm way behind the game here too. You know, I knew things about the birth certificate and, and some of the crimes that were going on, but you know, to know the intricacy and the scale is, is really intense. And so when we're aware of it, we can kind of defend it. But like you said, we are splintered and it's just like, they'll call you a free man or whatever the case is. The unification side of this is so important. But one of the things he said on, on there was the same thing that you said is that these people do not like being exposed. You know, they are, they are criminals, you know, they are cockroaches. And it's the same thing when you're trying to deceive or harm someone. When I study martial arts and, and, and people who would attack other people in their psychology, mostly they're cowards. You know, they don't go for a fight, a head-to-head combat. They're not standing in truth and in fairness and in justice. And that is actually on our side. We're on the side of truth, fairness, justice, equality. And what happened was, you know, we just kind of gave over the reins slowly, but surely. And so this is a retaking back of our power, but it's going to require our participation and, you know, people getting off the couch. We've kind of been very uh, docile with the way that we live. It's very sedentary, you know, and, and easy and and distracted. And we just kind of let all these things happen. And I feel like even the last 20 years has really ramped up just in my generation. You know, when I'm doing my research, I'm like, whoa, they changed a lot of laws, the banking laws and different things, you know, to really just hide and be ultra deceptive. And now people are kind of waking up to this. Yeah, yeah, they really are. And we have to face reality. And that is that we are under a full frontal assault on our freedoms and our way of life. And if people don't get up off their duff and get engaged in one way or another, and there's many ways to, to, to engage and uh, that can meet, you know, the needs and capabilities of any given individual, not everyone is meant to be a, a, a legal mastermind. All right. But in a local group, you could help arrange the meeting room. All right. You can help spread the word. You could help, uh, uh, promote the idea of the local group and what they're doing to support the local business people, all right, the local citizens. Uh, Most people know. It's funny because almost everyone that I talk to says the same thing. Oh, Mark, you wouldn't believe how things are here. We live in the most corrupt county in the country. And you know what? Every county is the most corrupt. according to the people, you know, and I go, well, yeah, you say that, so does everybody else. So I guess it's pretty bad everywhere. Uh, so, uh, so there's many things people can actually do to contribute. We're, we're developing uh, videography teams with script writers. Uh, we're looking for uh, help and administration in what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're developing a PR department, public relations department. Um, uh, we've got probably uh, a dozen different departments on, on the drawing board. Many of those are started already, but people can fill roles, uh, in, in a very, uh, um, you know, passive way. They don't have to, you know, get on the front line and, and a lot of people have fear and, you know, that's, that's another interesting discussion, but, 
But fear really comes from lack of faith and lack of knowledge. So as you increase your knowledge and awareness, you increase your own level of strength. So if you do nothing more than understand what your rights are and how to defend those in a very simplistic way, just understanding who you are, you are a, a, a creature created by our, our creator who has a divine destiny for you, a, a divine purpose. And if you study the Bible at all, Jesus says, you will do things greater than I have if you just learn my ways, all right? And so we need to rediscover the power that's inherent in each of us and tap into that. And I guess the point I was getting at, there's so many different ways for someone to contribute. You know, they don't have to be a, a frontline infantryman, right? So, uh, uh, developing an organization even on a local level which is our priority right now uh working to put people together and we have a track for them to run on we've got very specific activities that they can begin working with uh, we have trainings every thursday open to the public and we record those those are available for uh, for everyone who's uh, who's with us uh, we have a private member association which is kind of our center for training, knowledge, and information, as well as resources and materials and that type of thing. So, so there's a number of ways that people can contribute. You know, some can contribute financially. Others don't have financial resources. They can contribute with some time. Maybe they have some, some everybody has some level of expertise in some area. You've got experience in one area or another. Well, perhaps you could lend that experience to the organization with your, your knowledge and know-how and help apply that in some way. Okay, so so this is a massive effort and there's a place for everybody, I guess is what I, what I want to say. And we've got a track to run on to help people build a local organization so that you can develop alliances with those public servants who have taken an oath and are willing to honor their oath and then expose those who are not. Okay, so there's a lot involved uh, on many levels, but we break it down to the most simple elements, trying to develop a local group, which will give you some uh, political clout uh, and political action, as well as education on a, on a local level, so that you're not alone and you won't be picked off so easily, you know, People think, well, you know, I don't have anything to worry about. You know, I don't plan on going into court. I have a, a low-key lifestyle, and uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, they don't understand the system. The judicial system is not about justice. It's about business. They want customers. And so no matter what you're doing or not doing, if they can find a way to collar you and bring you into court, they will do that because they can make tremendous amounts of money off of that. And in ways you probably haven't even contemplated, not only stealing your money, but they'll create bonds based off of that case number and all the documents that get filed into it. And they will trade those bonds on the international financial markets. So regardless of how much money they take from you, which they will, that's the whole point of it, they're making 
millions and billions of dollars in the financial markets. All right, so it goes pretty deep, um, but there's a place for everybody. And we want to build up local support and local clout, political clout for people as a part of an overall national effort. Mark, that, that's really amazing. You know, I, I had an analogy in my mind. It's like uh, the Toastmasters for justice. You know what I mean? And uh, you can have your little chapters and it's like, it, you know, it's really powerful stuff. And, you know, I'm just beginning this journey of understanding law and what's going on. I'm wrapping my head around things. But the nice thing is, is you don't need to be a lawyer. You know, you don't need to, you didn't don't need to do this for thousands of hours to kind of just know your rights and stand on them, you know, and say, uh, you know, one of the things is to understand that cops have indemnity insurance, you know, and, and knowing that you don't have to speak to them or what your rights are, just, it changes the game and it doesn't take forever to figure that out, right? You might do one hour webinar of yours and then you're now, you know, a hundred percent more empowered. Like when I, I've been using the analogy of martial arts, it's like a lot of people, they look at the UFC, but they know that uh, they couldn't compete in it. You would take a little bit of time. But if I train you for an hour, you know, you're going to be so much more confident that if, if something happens, how you're going to evade it, protect yourself and get out from, from just an hour. But it'll take you like a, you know, a, some time to go into the level of mastery, but it doesn't mean you can't do anything. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean like you're helpless. You know, everybody has their own gifts and their own power. And one of the things that you're saying as well, I think is very important is that um, a little bit of participation, just, just even being on the email list, just putting it into the awareness to intend to find solutions, to intend to have a community where it's run in fairness and equality and it's not criminal. Right? It's like, no, that's overtly criminal. So I don't want to mess with the criminals. So they attack me, right? So you're creating a way where there's enough people that say, hey, you know, you're going to be empowered enough that you're going to have some experts in there and a process so that you're going to be able to do this. Because if you go to your website, the uh, national uh, task force, is it national hyphen task force or national? Yeah, nationaltaskforce.org. Right. So you watch, you, you go there and you can watch your opening video and you've, you're, you've got videos of justices going down and, and corrupt lawyers and, and judges. And so it's amazing what can be done. And when you, you know, like in my small town, for example, these are public officials there. You can find them, you know, you can find them and you can rattle their cage. So, you know, don't, don't underestimate what you and a little bit of knowledge and three or five families can do. And once people start seeing those successes, these cockroaches will stop because they don't want to fight. I've, I say they're like cats. You know, a big cat doesn't go for one-on-one -on -one combat. It sneaks up on you and then it jumps on your back, right? It's not, it's not going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And so that's how they operate. So the second that they get, you know, afraid and they start getting exposed, they're going to stop doing this and they're going to go as far as we allow them. So it is really critical that we start to engage in this and we stop, um, you know, cognitive dissonancing what's happening. You know, we have to be aware of our reality and then start moving towards that solution because all of our rights and our children's rights and the future that will be left for them is horrendous if we allow it to happen in this generation when we're, when we're watching this, you know, there's, we got to stand up now. Yeah. And uh, just, just a simple example, you know, if someone gets pulled over in a traffic stop, all right, what do you say? How do you handle yourself to preserve your rights? All right. That, you know, the thing doesn't escalate into, you know, something 
bad, you know, if the cop has bad intentions. And there are those that are out there, not all of them, but um, how do you handle yourself? Well, we've developed a card. You keep it in your glove box, and all you have to do is hand it to the officer, say, hi, hello, before I say or do anything, I'd like you to read this, all right? And it puts the cop on notice as to exactly what he needs to have to even be talking to me, all right? And before he asks me some questions, he needs to provide me with some answers. So I've got some questions for him. Hey, you approached me, who are you? Why are you approaching me? What's your RAS, reasonable articulable suspicion that a crime was committed, all right? What's your SAF, single articulable fact that supports your suspicion, okay? So when he, when he receives that, he knows he's dealing with someone who has a clue and they're not gonna be bowled over uh, uh, so easily, all right? So uh, just something as simple as that, having a card in your glove box to hand the police officer so that, that he has an idea who you are and that he will immediately start, have some level of respect for you, okay, before, before the first words are even exchanged. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's some really neat things that can be done. Um, that are almost uh, uh, mindless. You know? <laughs> well, you know, that's a really great example because I know that some people would say, oh, you don't want to mess with them. They'll throw you in the, the, you know, put you in jail and blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing is you also have to understand the, the ones that are out there that are looking to do this again, they're looking for easy prey. They're not looking for people who are giving pushback. You just, you remain honorable, but you also have knowledge, right? So if they're, if they're just looking to get that, um, easy person you're not it you're you're more challenging you're you're more aware so they're going to let you go and then they'll just pick off the next person because 95 percent of people don't have any of this knowledge and so that's why this is happening that we need to you know start on the ground level and educating as much as we can and then when it becomes um normal or most of us remember and know how to stand on our rights it's going to stop because they're not going to they're just going to assume that we know so they can't um they can't just, uh, what is it called when they just uh, disregard your rights? They just break them. Uh, just act criminally, yeah. you know? And so then we'll have a process, right, for holding them accountable. And that's what you're talking about. Holding police accountable, holding judges accountable, holding your municipality accountable because they are breaking the law unequivocally. And so do you see... You know, when I, I look at this big structure and it seems like, you know, the banks are protected by the judges, right, in this kind of criminal bar system around the world with this whole admiralty maritime law thing. In the United States, you've got the state national route where that takes you out of the, you know, the federal tax and, the, you know, that whole jurisdiction. So you're, you're, you're kind of out of that game a little bit. In Canada, it's a little bit different. I heard it's a little bit tougher. And I know uh, Australia is pretty rough as well with what they're just doing criminally with this, you know, criminal corporation of Australia and Canada. You know, let's go out on, on, a, on a bigger view here. How do you see this unfolding? Like we talked a little bit about being a spiritual war and and then looking, this, looking into this and understanding law the amount of people that told me the contract on the planet is a 1611 King James Bible. And that's what they bring into court. I think that is incredibly fascinating. And so um, I'm just curious your views on, on the big scale of what's going on here. How do you, how do you see things unfolding and what do you see being the solution? Well, that's a great point. And that, that brings up a thought on the hierarchy of authority, you know, Originally, under universal law, uh, everything emanated from our creator. 
he created man, all right? And as man began to prosper, man created government to better organize his affairs and manage his affairs. And so in the United States, the state governments were first created. And then as the states began to interact with each other more, uh, more proliferously, then uh, they decided, well, we need to have a federal government, all right, to help manage affairs between the states. So that was the hierarchy of order. It flows from God to man to the state government, then to federal government. Well, where are we today? All right, they have everyone brainwashed. They've knocked God off the top shelf. He's no longer in the picture, and they've flipped everything else upside down, where now the federal government is dictating to the states, the states and their agencies are dictating to the people, and the people, for lack of knowledge of who they are or where they came from, are falling for it, okay? So um, in the big picture, we have to understand where we came from and who we are, and we need to step back and reclaim that authority. Now, people are learning that the governments that are operating today are private corporations, all right? And we get sucked into their corporate bylaws, i.e. the statutes by virtue of contract, where we have volunteered to give away our rights in exchange for corporate privileges, the right to drive, or the license to drive, the permission to drive, okay? Well, if you look up the word driving, a driver's license, what is a license? It's permission to do that which is otherwise illegal. Well, did people need permission to travel before the automobile? No, we've always had the right to travel. And if you, if you really drill down, you're gonna find out that driver's licenses are only required for people engaged in commercial transportation, driving for hire, hauling goods or people for hire. California uh, just recently started issuing exempt license plates to, to non-commercial drivers, all right? So you're not required to uh, uh, have a driver's license if you're exempt, if you're not engaged in commerce. And so, Back to the big picture, that's just one example of how people are learning how we've been hoodwinked to think that, well, all if you want to travel down the highway, you need to have a driver's license. Well, no, you don't. If you're not a commercial driver engaged in transportation, which is a regulated commercial activity, then no, you don't. You don't. You've always had the right to travel, and that was given to you by your creator. And so people are learning the difference between the corporate public world dealing with the public all right versus the the world of of living in the private okay when you live in the private you're living under common law you're not living under statutory code okay you have unlimited rights to contract you have unlimited rights to privacy when you're living in the private in the proper way you have no obligation to disclose your affairs to anybody, i.e. file forms, disclose your finances, uh, 
pay taxes on your work, um, all of these things that we're conditioned to do because we're, we're, we're exercising the benefits of a state-granted franchise, okay? So in the big picture, we have to learn the difference between operating in the public versus operating in the private. And more and more people are learning that distinction in legal status and learning how to operate more in the private. So, so that's, that's a major paradigm shift that is reawakening, I think, the, uh, the senses of people to become more attuned with the original universal law the way it was intended. Yeah, those are those are a lot of great points. You know, the public versus private is some of the stuff that I was, you know, learning right away. And it seems like uh, the United States is a little bit further ahead. Um, is this applicable all over the world? One of the things that I've uh, been learning and hearing is that you've got common law, law of the land, right? Then you've got maritime admiralty law, and that's where all the acts and statutes and things, um, you know, are. And basically what they've done is they've usurped um, the law of the water onto the land and they're just making up all, it's like a pirate ship, you know what I mean? Making up all these laws and, and acts and statutes, but as a, um, you know, man or a woman, what you, the only law is God's law, right? So you're not harming another individual because otherwise it's basically a banker on the other side. That's got his little cronies out there trying to bring in money for this private corporation. And so what I've understood is that in Canada, we need to be really careful and just stick straight to commerce. It's all contract and commerce because in Canada, if we bring in common law, we might be able to get dinged somehow. But in the United States, you're a little bit further ahead um, on the legal system go on the way that it goes. So I'm curious your thoughts like around the world, the best way to kind of navigate this. Do you think it's uh, comp to stick to commerce and contract to um, invoke your rights because one of our teachers, Cal Washington, was talking about the uh, the law merchant being infused into common law. Have you heard of that? And so yeah. I'm trying to make heads or tails of that because the other thing that I've learned is, you know, it is kind of a Luciferian satanic system because they use the same all caps words, but they change the definition. So you think it means something, but it actually means something else. And that's how they bind the contract to you, you know, and bring you into their jurisdiction onto their pirate ship, so to speak. And now you're paying their fines or, you know, into their jurisdiction. And, and, and it doesn't make any sense because you don't have the uh, in knowledge to read through. And I guess in Canada as well, it's getting so corrupt. It's kind of like chess, right? Like it's court, it's back and forth. Um, and you might not know what you're playing, but in Canada now they're, they're getting extra corrupt and the same, same in Australia. I've heard a couple of stories out there. They're just fully disregarding all of it and, and really being uh, ruthless. So I'm just curious your thoughts and how, on how this will go. Do you think it would get so corrupt where they just remove consent? And sorry, sorry, this is a ramble because I'm trying to process all this and the, the deep spiritual um, maxim or understanding that I heard is it needs to be consent based, right? So to say you got to consent here, even on a spiritual level. But then I think about these friggin' mosquitoes being released. That's not consent. And when they disarmed people over these other generations, that's not consent either. And then murdered them. Is it because they were able to orchestrate it like we're ants and then we can, the ants can kill each other? You know what I'm trying to get at? Because these, what are, some of the people are saying, it's all consent based, but a lot of it really does not feel like consent at all. Well, they, they put on the illusion of consent. For example, uh, in the States, 
when you want to go to work when you're a, a young man or woman, uh, well, the, the narrative is, well, you have to have a social security number to work. So you have to apply and uh, fill out this SS form application for a social security number. And, uh, and, and that has the implication uh, or the inference of consent. Well, you applied, you signed for it and everything else. Well, the problem with that is it was lack of informed consent. They never advised you that you have any other options, which you do and did, okay? So on the surface, one might argue, well, you, you filled out this application and signed it voluntarily. Yeah, but you were fraudulently induced into that contract due to lack of informed consent, okay? So, uh, so yeah, the Luciferians, they, they, they do operate with a level of, of transparency. It's, it's buried. You have to dig it out and find it yourself, you know? And they always tell you what you're doing. And then when you move forward on that, they go, well, that's good enough. They volunteered. They volunteered into the system, all right? So uh, you volunteered into the corporation, and back, you know, back to how they hook us, um, there are only three jurisdictions worldwide. And now those would be law, common law, that's our universal rights. And that's really where all law comes from. You know, if you want, if you study the maxims of law, those are universally applied in all legal systems. Okay. So one nation's laws is not terribly different than another nation's laws. The, the foundation is the same. The codification may be different, all right? The verbiage they use may be different, but it all comes from the same origin. So you have the jurisdiction at law, which is common law, in which there can be no crime if there is no damaged party. And an individual or their property have been trespassed upon or damaged in some way. Okay, then there's equity, and that's the law of contracts. Okay, so that's what you refer to in commerce. All right, if uh, if you've got contracts with the state, and I'm sure most people have many. Uh, one of the first things I did was to uh, dissolve those contracts by rescinding my signature. Um, with a simple document that I submitted to the agency saying, hey, I was not aware of certain things. I was fraudulently induced. Um, you know, fraud vitiates all contracts. And so this contract is null and void. All right. So that's on the record. In fact, I, I even used that uh, when they tried to uh, bring a case against me. Um, another story I won't get into now, but very interesting. So. Uh, so the documents that I filed were later used uh, in a courtroom scenario to my benefit. And it was really funny how it worked out because they weren't expecting that. <laughs> uh, so those contracts need to be voided. Uh, so you have the second the second jurisdiction is, is uh, equity, which rules contracts. And then the third jurisdiction is admiralty and maritime. All right. And again, that's based on contracts. So... Uh, folks are learning to rescind these contracts, separate themselves from those those links, and start operating as much as possible at law. But then there's always the benefit of contract. You have to have, you know, agreement and contracts. Contracts are the lifeblood of commerce. 
right? Commerce is sac sacrosanct in the world, all right? And that's why contracts are so valuable uh, because that's what makes global commerce function. And uh, that's why the, the postal union is, is probably the most powerful entity on the globe because they regulate commerce, right? So, uh, so that the third jurisdiction again is Admiralty in Maritime. They brought the, the law of the sea upon the land. Uh, when you enter upon that ship, then you're subject to the laws of the flag that that ship flies. And that's, that's the corporate state that, uh, that you think you owe your allegiance to, when in fact it's not at law, it's a private ship, all right? You can step off that ship and go back into law and start operating according to contracts and law at the same time. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating... Uh, Discovery and I've, I've read a, a document. I think you might be referring to the uh, the law merchant um, It's quite a lengthy uh, treatise on on that subject. It's pretty fascinating So yeah, only three jurisdictions globally. All right, so international law is not complicated We need to get back to at law with our creator and uh, and start using contracts and and uh, if the state is not a party to one of our contracts and the state has no authority to intervene or interpose upon that contract. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And so, you know, this is all really interesting and I've heard it before, um, like in, in different ways. And I think that when people are first hearing this or even getting engaged, they, they're very fearful and, so what do you recommend for people beginning this journey, you know, to empower themselves with the knowledge necessary to stand um, in their freedoms and rights? Because I've noticed that many people are researching this now. That's why I started a law summit with my friend Beth Martins. Um, and we're starting to investigate this so we can stand on our rights because it's frightening. It's we're we're really conditioned to obey, right, with the oppression school system and authority. And, you know, then they, they, they intimidate you with a police officer, then they intimidate you with a fine, and then they intimidate you with jail. And then, you know, and then they're always coming after your money, right? And so all of those things wrapped up, it's like, I, it's too, it's like too much for most people. Like I can't, you know, mess with that beast because it's just too much. And so where do you uh, recommend people begin? Well, in uh, the, the simplest form possible, I mean, all these things that I've just gone over, they don't really need to be, you know, masters in all of these subject areas. You know, they simply need to understand who they are, where they came from, and what their fundamental rights are. All right, those rights are protected by international treaties up one side, down the other, um, constitutions, um, you name it. And so once you understand your basic human rights, uh, basic rights as a, a, an individual under God, um, that's all you really need to start with, okay? And it's pretty simple. Uh, you can develop your knowledge from that point on um, but if you understand your basic fundamental rights and develop some, some level of awareness as to how to stand on those, then um, that's all you need to do. Anybody can do it. You know, you don't need, like you said, to spend thousands of hours, you know, being a legal guru. Uh, but the thing is, uh, if, if you react the same way that I did, once you start 
digging into these escape hatches that are in the law, you're probably going to get hooked and and be a real uh, <laughs> study guru, you know, digging into this stuff uh, more than you thought perhaps you would just because it's so fascinating. Some will, some won't. That's okay. So uh, basic fundamental rights, basic fundamental maxims of law, how to stand on those in a practical way and, uh, you know, let c come what may after that. Amazing. So, well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and I totally agree with that because, you know, I, I know people in our group that have just gotten these very basics, how to deal with police or, you know, not wear a mask or things like that. And just with very basic knowledge, they were very intimidated when they went out in the world and applied it. Um, but they were okay, you know, and if you think about the worst case scenario, a lot of the time, they might arrest you, but they're going to let you go, right? And that's how they intimidated people in Canada and probably other countries is like, you have to go take this test and get this experimental thing jammed up your nose in a, in, in a spot that's not good for your brain to come back home to Canada. But all you needed to know was that was also um, an option. You didn't have to do that. Then you're intimidated by a police officer, right? Who's going to give you an offer of a ticket. So you can figure out how to say no to that too. But really the worst case scenario is you would have had to pay them some money. And ideally people don't want to do that, but it's worth fighting for your rights. And most of those tickets got dropped. And if you had a little bit of knowledge, you would have been able to figure out how to not pay that ticket because it goes against uh, the charter of rights and freedoms. It shows right on our passport that we can have um, entry without hassle into our own country. And so there are solutions. We might just have to grow up a little bit to dig for them. Um, you know, do you have time for one more question? I could talk to you all day. I don't want to take too much of your time. Though. I know you're a busy guy. Can I just respond to what you just said real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold your question. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, when you stand up to people, we had this case uh, just this month. We have a young man showed up at our trainings on Thursday. Uh, he's an actor. He's part of a, a traveling show, and he's, he's a part of a union. And uh, they're trying to tell all the, the members of the union, all the actors and production crew and everybody else, well, you have to get this vaccine. And he was not in agreement with that at all. And so he's asking us, well, what do I do? Well, we have a, a couple of documents that are, are quite interesting and effective in that regard. And so he, he presented this to, uh, to his, his people and uh, the document basically says, okay, I'll agree to take the vaccine if you accept liability for any bad result that might come of it. <laughs> and you can certify that nothing's gonna happen to me. Well, of course, nobody's gonna sign that, right? And uh, so as soon as he stood up and says, okay, you know, basically he's saying, no, I'm not gonna take the vaccine if you're not gonna sign this. Uh, guess what happened? Well, the, the union representative said, well, it's not, it's, it's not, really, it's not really us. You know, it's the union leaders. And then the union leaders say, well, it's not really us. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, uh, the, 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 the show venue, the venues, you know, are, are, are forcing this. So all of a sudden he pushes back just the slightest bit with a piece of paper and nobody wants to take responsibility for saying, oh, you have to do this. Oh, well, it's not me. And they're passing the buck to somebody else, you know. And so that's what happens. You know, these people run and cower. Uh, they don't have the authority and they know it. And so when you stand your ground, uh, it's amazing how these people will melt in many cases. And then on the, the fear of going to jail, I have one thing I say to people on that. Fear is usually based on the unknown. All right. Chances are you've never been to jail and you have this fear of going to jail. And so I tell people, you know, um, 
to eliminate that that unknown factor, the way to get rid of that fear uh, of going to jail is real simple. Uh, I said this at a conference one time. It says, what you need to do when you go home from this conference is find some way to get thrown in jail. <laughs> That's not so bad. So, you know, you, fear is gone, you know? I go, well, you know, jail isn't so bad. You get all the bologna sandwiches and yellow jello that you want. And what more could you ask for? You know, <laughs> all the time to read. That's that's hilarious. Well, you know, that's such an important point about um, the liability and the pushback. Right. And that's how uh, Cal Washington was helping people get the smart meters off their home because they're doing it through uh, contract. Right. They're offering you this contract. And he says, well, you can do a conditional acceptance. Sure. I'll take this experimental uh, therapy if you, um, you know, can prove this and this and this. And what they do is they pass that liability because they, number one, are assuming you're just going to take it. Right. And number two, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Right. You've got this little guy behind the curtains pulling all these strings and, and everyone's going to pass it along. And that's what these uh, liabilities do. It's like, no, no. Who is going to do this? Which one of you is going to accept responsibility for what you're trying to enforce on me? Right. And that's where we, we need to stand up and people are worried about losing their jobs or things like that. Well, um, this is going to be worth losing your job. Although you probably won't, you do need to stand. Now is the time to stand up because if you think you're just going to get by, if this does go through, there's going to be no future for our kids. It'll be endless slavery. And so the question I kind of wanted to ask is I feel like you have a pretty good idea of what we're up against. You know, it's like literally the beast system. They want to put a chip in our arms, a digital currency system, um, just horrendously awful from the sickest people on this planet. And it can be terrifying. And so how do you feel about things moving forward? How do we navigate these times? And are you optimistic about things to come? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, making reference to the Bible, we know the tribulations that come in the end times. And we're seeing that unfold. Uh, yet I am very optimistic not that we're ever going to return to normal. I don't. I don't believe we're ever going to return back to where we were, you know, a year, year and a half ago. Um, but I am very optimistic that there will be momentous events that are going to happen, not by what we do, but really by by the hand of God. I really believe that, and the whole world is going to see it. It will be uh, uh, unmistakable, unavoidable, and. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm very optimistic. And I don't think that that man himself has the solution. But at the same time, I say that we each have to do our part. You know, the, uh, just like we do in the court. We know the courts are corrupt and they're going to ignore just about anything that we put forward. But we're going to set the record. We're going to expose the crimes on the record. And that record is permanent. Okay, so at any time that that court proceeding is reviewed, the crimes are exposed. They're there. It's out in the open. And so that's how I view each and every one of us and the activities that we're engaged in uh, are telling the world, the universe, uh, the heavens, who we are, what we stand for, and we are setting the record. All right. And standing our ground. You know, we were we were told to to stand our ground, 
until Jesus comes back again. And that's our mandate. We have to hold our ground. We need to stand for truth and justice and what's right. And you mentioned, well, even if, even if you have to lose your job, as it relates to the vaccines, as far as I see it, the implantable chip is old technology. I mean, that's really old technology. It's not going to be that little grain of rice uh, 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 transponder that they're going to put under your skin. The mark of the beast is, in fact, the injection, in my belief, because it's going to change your DNA. It's going to um, uh, make modifications which are patented, which means that you have now become some new modified creature that is patented, and the owner of the patent now owns you. That's a concept that's extremely frightening. And so um, there's plenty of information out about that. Um, so um, as it relates to you know the vaccines and the passports and everything else, um, what's worse, losing your job or losing your life and your eternity? Okay, one thing to remember, when things look the most bleak, the darkest, the doors have been shut. I've learned in my life that whenever one door closes, to my extreme disappointment and frustration, it's like, man, I had my whole plan set on this, going in this direction. When that door shuts, God always opens up a new door. And that's where faith comes in. We have to live according to that faith, knowing that we're going to step out of that boat onto the water and God's going to hold us up. So if we have to risk losing our job for not taking the mark, well, we just have to have faith that things are going to work out, and they will. And especially when we can come together as a global uh, unified group of humanity, which is forming quickly. You know, uh, this is international. I mean, the, 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 the demonstrations and protests going on in Europe are, are highly encouraging. Um, we're setting the record in what we do, and uh, that's all we can do. And we just uh, live in faith according to the rest. So I'm extremely optimistic in, in that respect. Beautiful. Well, I really love that answer. And I think it's so important what you said is we're setting the record uh, for what we do. You know, when, when we do pass, we're going to have that mirror come up and we're going to be the judge of ourselves, you know, in our life and what we've done. There's, there's going to be no avoiding that. And if you think about this realm as a spiritual realm or a school or whatever you'd want to see it as you need to understand that your life will be reviewed in some way. And what if, what if this is some sort of understanding of a higher authority, whether it's your own evolution or you're judged by a, you know, some sort of other intelligence or some other realm, it makes perfect sense, especially now, you know, you're sending out the signal for who you are, for what you're about, for what type of community you want to be in, right? Like on the very basic 3d level, when you're wanting freedom and truth and you treat people respect and you stand up for justice and what's right, people will notice that. And that's the type of person you're going to attract for your community for navigating this time, right? Or maybe even higher realms, but you know, so many people are not participating. And I feel like, you know, when they hold the whole nonsense, when they're trying to make silence is violence and all this, well, I feel like this is one of those cases where it could be a little bit accurate where we're, when we're, when we're seeing all this injustice, but we're not doing something, 
You know what I mean? We're not engaging in something when we know how wrong it is at this point. We know the damage is going on. It's like, how do you want to participate? You know, and how do you send the signal out to the universe for what you stand for? And I think that that's where a lot of us need to grow up a little bit. Because if you look at history and all the horrendous things that have happened and all the challenging times, um, this isn't as, this is more challenging than some of them, but less, you know what I mean? Where like, so what if you lose your job? Is that worth selling your soul? Is that worth losing your life? Is that worth? Yeah. Like you said, I've heard that too. And that makes sense. You modify the organism. Now you're patented. Couldn't that be the mark of the beast? And then who owns you? Who owns that patent, right? Is that Lucifer or Satan or some sort of weird group like Bill Gates? Even him alone is scary enough. I don't want him owning me, you know? So I don't want anyone owning me. And, and uh, one of the things I've heard here is like, um, you know, the point of life is not to sell your soul. And I feel like so often we compromise our soul for money and we've, we've lost our way as a humanity uh, for so long, right? By doing things that are unethical. Yeah, we need to survive. We need to support our families, of course. Um, but sometimes we go too far with that and we're not engaged in uh, commerce or business or a way of life that is supportive to our communities. And we know that's right. We're just trying to get a buck. We're just trying to get by. We're not thinking about if our job is supporting community, if it is helping others. And if we can kind of shift it a little bit, I feel like we can have um, a much more beautiful relationship with ourselves, first of all, and then our communities and other communities, because you'll say, Hey, you know, well, you know, I don't have all the money in the world, but you want to come vacation in Canada where I am, we've got a home for you. You know, we've got space, you know, we'll, we'll show you around. There's a lot of abundance through community, right? You don't need to own everything. I think we just need to be really um, careful with how we sell our soul, with how we spend our time, where we spend our money, and, and especially our vocation. And then now specifically the choices we make moving forward where evil is very apparent. And the last thing I'll say on this little rant here is, um, you know, Rudolf Steiner said that anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And so as we navigate these times and people are like, oh, well, what's true or what's not true? Well, if you're on the side of, you know, we might have a different belief, but I'm not going to try to restrict you or bind you or limit you in any way other than if you're trying to harm me, then I'm going to whack you in the head with a stick or something, um, right? Then you know that you're in the supportive part. You're trying to lift people up. You're trying to support people. You're throwing out life wraps. You're finding solutions. And it doesn't need to be the biggest thing in the world. It can be just very small things, whatever you can do, whether it's planting the truth or, or whatever, or, or asking for guidance, that's, that's all you need. And you'll be led uh, to move forward. So that's my rant. Do you want to add on to that? Yeah. Um, we're going through a, a period right now where the sheep are being separated from the goats. You know, you talk about uh, getting off the sofa, getting engaged, you know, who are you? What do you stand for? You know, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice for what you believe in? Do you believe in anything? And back to law, silence is consent. So if you sit silent, you're a part of the problem because you're not standing for what's right. Others are suffering because you're allowing this evil to creep into our lives. So you're either... It's the old adage, you know, you're either with us or you're against us, you know, and there is no middle ground. Well, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to target on my back. I don't want to raise any uh, ire or suspicion or anything else. Well, you know, as Benjamin Franklin said, uh, I think one time, well, then, you know, let, let the, the chains of slavery rest lightly upon your feet. 
<laughs> because that's where you are uh, and that's where you're going. So um, silence is consent. So I, now is the time to get active. Um, so that, that's, that's the key, I think, out of all of this, that people need to start to think about who they are and where they're going with all this. Very well said. I appreciate that. And, and so the last thing I'll ask is, uh, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked you or you want to leave the listeners with, you know, the national uh, task force is, is a brilliant concept. I feel like it can be incredibly like what you've done there, just the way that it looks, um, you know, I'm down to make a chapter for that. And, and what I've seen happen in my own community in Canada and the amount of people that are coming to look for solutions, I'm like, here, go here, ask this group the question. And you've got all these minds, right? Some of them are studying all day. Some of them are a little bit further ahead, but it just takes a little bit of action, a small group of people to begin holding these people accountable. You know, in any town, you can go find your MPs, right? All those corporate uh, are the places in the States, the I can't remember what you call them, the little cities or whatever, you know, you can go find your representatives, right? And uh, so I had Christopher Gronsky on and he, he was a really great guest. And he was just talking about how, you know, the municipality should be the strongest form of government because it's the one for the people. It's the one right there. So you can go, yo, hey, Doug, he's walking down the street, getting an ice cream, you know, you know, you're not vaccinating my kid, you know, and you got the whole parents there and like, okay, crap, you know what I'm sorry, 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 we're not going to do that. You can just go hold them accountable. We have that power. And I feel like what you're sharing is a very powerful system for someone who doesn't know anything, but is eager, can uh, get involved right away. Yeah. So just as a call to action, I would encourage people to go to uh, uh, national-taskforce.org is our website. And we have a join page. And on that join page um, are, is a list of different ways that you can participate. Um, join as a volunteer. There's an online questionnaire. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, we'll have someone get in contact with you and see, see how we can perhaps uh, hook you up with other people in your area and uh, start putting some people together, start sharing our skills, our knowledge, our experiences and uh, really, really make this uh, something, you know, to be uh, to be looked at, you know, with a, a high level of uh, pride and confidence in, in what we can do for each other. I love it. And, so, I, and I, oh, go ahead. That's just my call to action. Do something, get involved with us or get involved with someone somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I love that. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm reminded of that Buckminster Fuller quote, like you don't build the new system by fighting the old, you do it by building the new. And in this, you know, we can hold that system accountable, but also at the same time, I've heard about these common law courts and in the, like these other jurisdictions of, of like uh, police officers or enforcement officers, right? Through this kind of thing, you could do that. You know what I mean? We, we could all dress up and hold people accountable. And even within Canada, we have police taking action against our government. You know, so it's like, all right, well, we'll just certify all these other people of National Action Task Force. This is their code, right? And they're honorable. So you've got a group of people standing up, you know, for for truth and justice. They're, we're going to be able to provide solutions because if you are in the system, like in a nurse, and you know you're causing harm, or a doctor, or or a police officer, 
you ha- you have to stand up and there's good people in these places. So we can just say, you know what? Nope. Done with that. It's going to be a little bit shaky, but we, we will have a solution. Something will come. You, you can't just say, I'm going to participate in this because it's the only thing that I have left. You have to stand up now. If you're in the system or whatever the case is, there's going to be a solution. If you ask for it and you stand up for what's right, doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's imperative because uh, we have to do it now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like you, I could go on for hours talking about these things, but I think we've covered enough ground for tonight. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm definitely going to do uh, what do what I can to get the word out. I appreciate you and your work and, and spending your time and energy to build this. And I and I look forward to it uh, taking hold and, and people participating and feeling more empowered. And I like what you said about fear. It's because, you know, it's this lack of knowledge and it's also feeling alone. And that's one of these things that they use, they have to make you feel alone. They have to make you feel afraid and, and, and that, you know, they're too big and powerful, but none of that is true, especially when we're together. Um, and we stand in truth, you know, under the creator or God or whoever you see that we are in the side of truth and you're definitely, definitely not alone. And so this will empower you with the knowledge because what I've learned going through this law journey is that it's a very spiritual journey. You know, it is about right and wrong. You know, we know in our heart and our soul what's right and wrong, and we're observing, uh, you know, harm and crime win. And so now it's to reinvoke our power, you know, together. And we might be the first ones, but we're going to set the president for the uh, future to come. So um, just appreciate you and your work. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And I definitely invite everyone to go check out the website and we will we'll stay in touch. So thanks so much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, God bless you. God bless. Okay. We'll see you soon. Thanks guys for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Mark Emery. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it as far and as wide as you can go to iTunes, leave a review. Uh, what else can you do? Go to mattbelair.com, become a member for exclusive and censorship-free episodes. You can do so for free or by donation when you go to mattbelair.com. We'd love and appreciate your support in getting this word out, this work out. Um, we really are counting on you to help we as in I, because I'm doing it all myself and uh, could really use any kind of support, volunteering, help, uh, reviews, shares, anything because, you know, Patreon is coming after us. YouTube is about to get deleted. Um, so it's, it's been an absolutely very challenging year and, uh, really need the support of community. So if you can go to mattbelair.com, sign up for that, uh, share the episodes, do what you can to get it out there. We'd love, uh, and a really, I'd love and really appreciate the support. Um, if you want to go a step deeper and you want to go into the soul compass, the quantum heart to really get connected with who you are, you want to get clear in your life purpose. You want to develop a strong, connection with spirit know how to program a a mindset mastery you know really understand mindset and and philosophy and and all those different tools to help you accelerate your growth and you want uh, to do so within a community or a training platform just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching there are a ton of resources for you including the soul compass and the quantum heart hypnosis audios which i highly recommend are incredibly powerful and um yeah if you want to go through those they could really be a game changer so that's it uh thank you so much for listening i I appreciate you out there. I hope that you are doing well. And let's just come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, courage, inspiration, connection, 
and ready to enjoy the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.